0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Horror Geek Podcast from HorrorGeekLife.com. I'm your host, Melissa, and with me as always is Matt. So today we're gonna talk about, because we're coming to the end of the year, we're gonna talk about some things in 2022 that we really enjoyed and maybe have a few recommendations for um, the people out there listening. But before we get into news today, Matt, I have to ask, how are you? And are you ready for Christmas?
1: I am good. I'm very excited to be back. As far as being prepared for Christmas, uh, no, (laughs) (laughs) I've got some gifts in the works. I am far from finished
0: this year. And I've heard this from a lot of different people. This year seems like a very low key year for everything. You know, we are huge horror buffs, right? Like you and I, a lot of our friends, a lot of our colleagues, everyone like we love horror. We love Halloween. It's our time of the year. And When October hit, you know, I got really excited because I'm like, yeah, it's October. And then all of a sudden it just kind of died down. And then it was Halloween and then it was over. And it's really weird because usually I go all out, I have tons of decorations. I didn't pull anything out. I just bought a few pumpkins uh, and put them in front of my house. But I don't know. Does it just seem that way to you too?
1: It was definitely that way for me as well. I usually watch at least one movie like every day. I did not do that for the first time since I can remember, and by the time I knew it, it it was Halloween, and it was, like, over. I felt very underwhelmed is, I guess, the best word for me to describe it. It just, it didn't feel like Halloween, and it it kind of bummed me out, (laughs) but what can you do, you know?
0: typically every october i pull out my big box set of halloween movies and i binge them minus uh, a few (laughs) that i I won't go into number seven and rob zombies but i usually binge them every single halloween and this year i didn't like i can't really remember many horror movies that i watched during the season especially like the old favorites like i watched a few new ones Um, and a certain MCU special that we'll be getting to a little bit later. But yeah, it was the exact same way. I kind of got depressed like right after Halloween because I thought, oh my God, like that was a season that was just wasted. (laughs) You know, there was nothing done. So this month I'm trying not to do that for Christmas because I thought since Halloween was so low key, I'm trying to do a little bit better for Christmas and I am, but it still kind of feels that way.
1: Yeah, I completely agree.
0: Okay, so let me ask, is there anything that has been filling your time that you want to talk about? Any movies, books, comics, anything else <laughs> that you want to talk about?
1: Um, it's very, very strange. I have turned completely into my dad lately. He is a huge advocate of model building. He goes to contests and all over the country and participates in these shows. I think he even does some courses teaching, like, the basics of it and stuff. Like, he's he's been into it for a really long time and crazy good at it. What made me try to look into it, because he's been into it for so long and I never really had any interest in it, but I decided to buy a model kit for uh, Michael Myers from Halloween I started getting into it and I've found myself enjoying it a whole lot like it's super relaxing I'm not at work I've pretty much been doing that and it's so time consuming but in like the best way and my dad has been really stoked (laughs) that I've gotten into it. So that kind of makes it worth it in itself for me because it's been a long time since I've been able to share something with him, I guess, is the best way to describe it. It's just been a a really nice surprise.
0: Well, you need to finish it and show everybody the finished product because uh, Michael Myers, yeah, that's really cool. So
1: I definitely
0: will. So, you know, speaking of enjoying things that, like, our parents (laughs) enjoy, (laughs) I have found myself completely hooked to Tulsa King, starring Sylvester Stallone. He gets out of prison after 25 years. He's a mobster. It's a pretty fun show. And especially for being a mobster show, like, it's a super easy, breezy watch. And so I've been getting into that, and it's on uh, Paramount+. Plus. But the other thing I've been getting into is not for my mama (laughs) or my dad but uh, it's uncanny x-force i've really been enjoying that series and i'm glad that i i kind of went through like this huge wolverine binge and um it had some x-force stuff in it and i'm just not that familiar with x-force and so i went ahead and started the uncanny x-force and it's dark and violent and i'm loving it you've read that one right because it's written by one of your favorite writers
1: yes uh rick remender there's not anything he's written that's bad at all like uh, he's definitely up there probably my top three uh writers you'll love the run it's phenomenal i think my favorite thing about that run is that there's no tie-ins there's no events that drag the book down which marvel is notorious for and it's just one straight story and remember my god he's he's amazing and he writes deadpool as good if not better than anyone else
0: Oh my God, his Deadpool, like I just cry laugh. He is so, I mean, Deadpool is funny anyway, but in this series, I mean, it's just like next level funny. Absolutely. And I really had faith in this series after I read A Righteous Thirst for Vengeance, Mm -hmm. because anybody who's talked to me this year has heard me (laughs) or follows me on social media, has seen me post about it. Because I was such a big fan of it. So it's like super violent, super just kind of doesn't leave you with a happy feeling um, ever. (laughs) Yes. So yeah, I was really excited to check it out. And you're so right about the tie-ins and the events with Marvel. Because reading Wolverine's Origins, I thought, okay, like, you're going to pick up a volume. And it's going to be Wolverine Origins, which he does, you know, that exists. And you're just going to read it. And that's it. That is not it. <laughs> you you have to cut in like twenty different series. So it is nice just to read a straight run after going through the madness of what I just went through for <laughs> Wolverine's origin.
1: I hate when Marvel does it, and it's they almost always do nowadays. Yeah, it's one of the very few that uh they let just go straight. It's all the better for it.
0: Yes, absolutely. Okay, so let's get into a few pieces of news before we get into our main topic. Okay. So for this first bit, it actually makes me kind of sad. Um, I think it makes a lot of horror fans sad actually, because we really didn't see it coming. The CEO of AMC has walked away. She was only there for, I think three months. Her name is Christina Spade. She was only there for three months. She walked away and with that has come a lot of layoffs. It's really surprising though, that some of those layoffs are hitting shutter because shutter has been like super profitable. Right and it's just wild to me because they're not even getting licenses for these huge films they're still getting a lot of licenses for the more you know higher end indie films i think so Mm -hmm. it's really surprising now with the layoffs craig engler who uh here at horror geek life we have worked with shutter so many times over the years and every single press release i've ever received from shutter has always had a quote uh, from Craig Engler talking about, you know, the acquisition, and he's pretty much the one that brings these films over to Shudder. Mm-hmm. So he has announced on Twitter that he is no longer with Shudder. Along with that is Sean Redlitz. So he has done PR for Shudder since I got on with Shudder's PR. And so it was really surprising to see that he's out because he has been like the face of Shudder for everybody in the industry. He has been a face of Shudder for Twitter users. And He's out and like, it's like at the end of an era, kind of, I think for, you know, Shutter fans, especially those for us who have worked with these individuals so many times over the years. So right. it's disappointing to see that. The next bit, this one speaks to my heart a little bit because, you know, I'm a Fallout fan, I'm a Fallout fanatic, uh, <laughs> but Fallout is coming to Prime Video and it's coming by the Westworld Creators, which that has been out, you know, for a while now. Um right. the new has been. But it has now been announced and confirmed by Bethesda director Todd Howard, um, that it is going to be an original story because everyone's wondered, are we going to see which we wouldn't see New Vegas because that was kind of more of a spin-off with Obsidian, but everyone was wondering, you know, are we gonna go to DC? Are we gonna go to California? So he went on a podcast and he said that it is going to be an entirely original story. I'm glad that this is going to be an original story because We don't really need a story that we played through for 650 hours, (laughs) you know, to to come on the big screen. Agreed. You know, he's promising that there's going to be a lot of references and things, which of course is still the Fallout universe. Right. It's just going to be another story within the Fallout universe. And so I think we're going to get a whole lot of references. I think we're going to see a lot of tie-ins to the games that we love and the lore. The only thing is, is Westworld kind of uh, started incredibly strong and one of the best pilots I've ever seen to like, okay, we're ready to end this. So (laughs) I'm a little bit nervous about those same creators taking on Fallout because I don't want it to be Westworld, you know, 2.0. But no, I'm very, uh, I'm very curious to see what they do. And have you played Fallout?
1: I have not. I'm familiar with the material as much as one can be without playing them for 650 hours. (laughs) But in my mind, I think it's a good idea to make it original instead of, you know, rehashing. And Walter Goggins. Yes. I mean, you can't go wrong there. So I'm already signed up just based on that.
0: Yes, he is an absolute favorite. I really hope, which I don't think that his character has come out yet, but I really hope that he is an intelligent ghoul because I could just see him, like he would just be perfect for that part, like a Hancock type uh, type role. I know you don't know, <laughs> but for anyone listening, <laughs> I think he'd be great as like a Hancock type role where he is a very strong, uh, but knowledgeable um, ghoul who is not affected by the radiation. And so that's what I hope to see him in, but we'll see. Okay, so the last bit of news is Jason David Frank, of course, Green Ranger. He is a legend in that universe, RIP. He just passed away at the age of 49 in November, but he was working on Legend of the White Dragon, and that was his passion project. And so the filmmakers have spoken out on Twitter and said that it is for sure going to be made and it's still in the works and it's still going to come out. So the filmmakers posted the image of Jason David Frank, and they said, quote, we're going to do right by Jason David Frank and make sure his dream is seen by everyone. We're working very hard behind the scenes. Stay tuned. I think his fans really need it. Yeah, for sure. I really hope that, you know, they tune into this and check it out for him because it's a great way to honor his legacy. Yeah,
1: I'm glad that they're going to finish it and do right by him.
0: Yes, absolutely so our main topic is going to be our favorites of 2022 and now matt i said to you i said i don't care <laughs> it could be a movie it could be a comic it could be a book it could be music and then i told you i said so get five of these and you're like five each and i said yeah I get five each and i'm thinking five for me five for you, <laughs> you thought i meant five movies five shows five books five. Comics. <laughs> Which I didn't realize and he told me I'm going to be up all night doing this. And I'm thinking, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we got the communication error fixed. <laughs> and I'm yes. assuming you only have five topics to talk about and not like 45.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, communication error fixed.
0: Yes. <laughs> uh, I've,
1: I've got five things that I really enjoyed this year. Yes. And they're just There wasn't five of each thing from 2022 that I enjoyed. It's it's just been a lackluster year for me. Uh, So I was panicking a little bit there.
0: I should have just let you go with it and like name my five really easy and then just let you take the next two hours yes so yeah I kind of made a joke too I said well I'm not our friend Joey because our friend Joey who's over at the Pink Buzz podcast on YouTube with our friend Johnny they are awesome we join them pretty often and uh Joey is notorious (laughs) for for saying, here's what I need from you. And it's like 38 different items ranking (laughs) in in order. We love him, but it's pretty funny how much content sometimes he needs from us. So I was like, nope, five. (laughs) I'm not Joey, we love you, Joey. Okay, so I'll kick it off if you don't mind. And I'm actually, I'm gonna start high.
1: Yeah, go for it.
0: I'm gonna start with my number one thing of the entire year, I think. Or my number one movie, my number one movie. Let me take that back for a second here. But (laughs) my number one movie of the year is Nope. I loved it. Like I have watched it multiple times now. I saw it in theater the first time, then I've seen it at home because it's now streaming on Peacock. The characters are so well-written. I want to be all of their best friends. I love the mystery of it all. I loved, you know, the the purpose behind it as well, which I will say that with Get Out, you know, the message was very much in your face. Yes. And then I think whenever he did Us, the message was kind of more, you know, psychological and you kind of had to dig deeper into it to try to figure out every single social theme he's playing on because, you know, it was very well constructed that way. And then with Nope, I think it goes back to what he did in Get Out where, you know, it's more in your face and I've seen Mm. people complain about that and they almost think he's like M night where you're going to go see Jordan Peele and he's going to have something like so hidden have you not been watching like Jordan Peele (laughs) he doesn't do that right he's going to tell you what hit you know not leading up to it leading up to it he's going to leave you guessing so much we did not know what nope was about until we saw it and that was with the trailer and like seven posters right so you're a fan of this one
1: Yes, I was very late to it, just didn't have time to get to it until uh, after it was streaming. And I was a huge fan. It's definitely my favorite film of his. Like you said, the characters are so well-written, very relatable in some aspects. The humor was great. The dialogue was phenomenal. Chemistry between the brother and sister was amazing. And yeah, that opening with Gordy just completely... I did not see that coming whatsoever, (laughs) and so I was immediately drawn in and hooked, and I had to know what the hell I just saw and why (laughs) it started off a movie that I thought was about aliens. (laughs) I absolutely loved it, and I would definitely say that it's my favorite film of the year as well.
0: Oh, wow. I think when I first came out, I think I posted about it and I was like, you know, Nope Nope and Get Out are kind of tied for me right now. I can't pick which one is my favorite pill movie. And then the more I kept thinking about Nope, I was like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with this movie right now. Like, Mm -hmm. this is it. This is my favorite pill movie. Get (laughs) Out is right behind it, but this is definitely it.
1: Yeah, it didn't go wrong.
0: What is first on your list?
1: I'll go with the with another film I really enjoyed. I was very hopeful and nervous at the same time because I'm a huge Clive Barker fan <laughs> and that would be the new Hellraiser film. Yes. was super into it. I saw a lot of people that had their complaints, but I thought it was a very fresh, interesting mixing some new ideas, but keeping it faithful to the book and the first film in ways. The Cenobite designs were amazing. There was a couple that are shown very briefly that I would love to see more of, but I was very happy when the film wrapped. I knew it was going to be a film that I would either love or hate, and I think it got more right than it got wrong, and there wasn't much that it did get wrong. So I was pleasantly surprised, and I was really happy with the end result.
0: I watched it because I got a screener from Disney for it, Mm -hmm. and so I was really excited about that, and I couldn't really speak about it for a certain number of days. I couldn't give my social media impressions or anything, but I remember talking to you about it, and I said, I know you're a huge Clive Barker fan. I feel like I'm a very casual fan And so i remember telling you like i don't know if there's things i've missed (laughs) within the lore i don't know if if you're going to look at this and say oh my god this is just not the barker that i want to see but i loved it and Mm -hmm. first i loved the lead Mm -hmm. i loved her i i think having a lead that you shouldn't love because she's very hard to love um she's very flawed perfect please Mm -hmm. give us more people like that um Mm -hmm. But Roland, the older, very rich man who has this contraption on him. Yes. My brain just wasn't wrapping around what I'm looking at.
1: Also, I would find myself wondering what that was doing to him. And I would lay it out in my mind like all these different options that it could be doing. I was happy when they explained what it was. And I really liked the new ideas that it brought to the box. That was one of my favorite things to it, because you could take quite a few directions just based off of those options that you have now. So I'm, I'm hoping that they'll keep this going and it'll turn out better than the original sequels. So... <laughs> <laughs> <One name. laughs> All right
0: yeah i agree though i hope that they do more i hope that this one was a you know enough of of a success for hulu for them to keep making more and um i really enjoy it like you said the box i love the different configurations of the box Mm -hmm. every single time it showed the box i was on edge wondering (laughs) what we're gonna get next especially for people like me who are much more casual i love that it explained a lot more about the different configurations what that really means for the person at the receiving end of it so I'm glad that was on your list. So I'm going to cheat for the next one.
1: <laughs> uh oh.
0: I'm going to cheat and I'm going to put two things into one category. Um, I'm going to be greedy. So the two things into one is number one, Bob's Burgers season 13 yes. and Bob's Burgers the movie. Yes. So as a longtime Simpsons fan who was like, Right there to see the movie whenever it came out, and I left the theater going, What did I just watch? <laughs> they could have done so many cool things with that, and that's what we got. Right. I was very nervous about the Bob's Burgers movie. I think it gave us such a fun tell. I think it was very them, like it stayed within character, which I don't think the Simpsons movie stayed within character very well. Mm-hmm. I think it did though, and I, it felt like an extension of between season 12 and 13, which is what we needed. Yes. And season 13 so far has not disappointed at all. I saw an article talking about how it's time for Bob's Burgers to hang it up now, and I'm like, don't you freaking dare. (laughs) Yeah. You don't speak for any of us. That's right. Riots in the street. That is right. It continues to just bring a huge smile to my face every single time. So.
1: There's not a single episode that I haven't enjoyed. The movie was phenomenal. Like you said, it was just a perfect extension of the show itself. Mm-hmm. It was perfect. They didn't get anything wrong by any means, which I didn't expect them to. I was, I was not concerned at all. Yeah, it, it's continued to be one of, mm-hmm. one of, if not my favorite show on television.
0: Absolutely. So, what's next on your list?
1: I am going to go with my favorite Marvel mcu thing that i saw this year and that was werewolf by night i had no idea what to expect because it's more of a horror leaning title and i didn't know how far into like a more mature range they would go with it and i was blown away by what disney did there's violence and gore which was (laughs) I did not expect by any means you get the best rendition of Man-Thing. I'd pretend that that first film doesn't exist. (laughs) Everybody does. Like many people, I'm sure. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) The chemistry between him and, and the werewolf is perfect.
0: So sweet.
1: Yes. I hope it was super successful, which I think it was, because I want them to go down this path with the more supernatural kind of darker Marvel characters. We definitely need more Man-Thing. Yes. There's all kinds of characters in this side universe, kind of, and Marvel that I think would do really, really well if done right. And mm-hmm. you could make a whole entire franchise just out of that piece of Marvel that I would be 100% in for. I was so happy that this was done right.
0: For sure. I think they were testing the waters with this one, it felt like. And I'm not sure if we would have seen all the gore if it wasn't in black and white. I feel like we would not have. <laughs> I feel oh, like everything yes. would have like panned away. But, you know, they did it in black and white so that, mm-hmm. you know, it's not as jarring as what it would be in Fresh Blood. <laughs> but that was probably the right choice for this, too.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: While I was reading all of the Wolverine origin stories. It ventured into Frankencastle <laughs> a yes. little bit, yes. which is, you know, the Punisher as Frankenstein, basically. <laughs> uh, I won't go into it in case anybody wants to read those series, but that was like super funny, super interesting, and I would love to see a Frankencastle special at some point. We will never get it, but that would be no. so much fun to see it. I would even watch an animated version. I mean, it was just so fun, so.
1: Yeah, we, we've got to get regular punisher back before that's considered
0: that's true that's very true um so you know my next one is actually kind of i'm going to piggyback off of you here and it's one that i just watched over the weekend and it was guardians of the galaxy holiday special this is absolutely on my watch list forever uh, for christmas time (laughs) i laughed really hard i cried (laughs) quite a bit and I, I was just left like warm and fuzzy all over my body. And I immediately went to Instagram and started looking at Kevin Bacon's videos. <laughs> if anyone doesn't follow Kevin Bacon on Instagram, you are doing it wrong because he sits with his goats and he gets his guitar and he plays acoustic songs with his goats. And it's just the most wholesome, cutest content. So um, if you're a fan, you have to go follow him for sure. But i love this special and you know what's funny too is sean gunn you know he's kind of a he's very much in james gunn's uh shadow for obvious reasons because it's Mm -hmm. james gunn but this is the my favorite thing i've ever seen him in and -hmm. you know we've seen him in so many things even if you don't really think about it like we have seen sean gunn in so many things oh yeah they really gave him i think his role kind of more of a step up the, what mm-hmm. we usually see him in and he deserved it because he was so good in it and um of course I have to mention the soundtrack yes the old 97s
1: <laughs> yeah
0: how great was that they're here from Dallas you know they're old Dallas boys and you know <laughs> it was amazing to see them and I love yeah. the original song that they that they did
1: yeah it was a great opening little track there for sure uh to put you right in the mood and kind of showed you exactly what you were going to get.
0: <laughs> <laughs> A bunch of aliens having no idea about tradition because you know yeah. it, it's so funny when you break it down in the wrong way.
1: <laughs> yes. I also loved that they had that little moment where they asked Kevin Bacon about Friday the 13th. It's fun to see him, him reference that and show that he hasn't forgotten it.
0: Uh, The humor was just perfect. The length was perfect. I think a a 40-minute, 45-minute special was a really good length. And it just gives you all the fills. And it's really great for, like, the whole family. There's really not, you know, you don't have to worry about the kids or anything. So I absolutely loved it.
1: Yeah, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit also. The next thing on my list is a Kickstarter comic, which... Eventually got released normally to where you could just go buy it in comic shops. But that is Dig, which is a spin-off one shot from the Sync universe uh, written by John Lees with art by Alex Cormac. And if anyone's paid attention to anything I ever do, <laughs> everyone knows that I'm a huge Sync fan. It had been on hiatus for quite a little while, and to see them come back with such a strong issue that is tying the second volume to the third volume, which we'll get early next year, it was just perfect. And everything I had been clamoring for, definitely my favorite issue comic-wise of the year, like Mm -hmm. by far.
0: I was a uh, backer number 63, I think <laughs> yeah. I, I have a, a sink signed cover on my wall. I have an issue on my desk. That's my favorite issue of sync. And then I have a dig shirt. Like I, <laughs> I remember watching pink buzz on YouTube and you had talked about John Lee's and you mm-hmm. had said, if you want to read anything, horror, in a comic, you need to read John Lee's. Like he is really, really good at this. And mm-hmm. so I remember kind of making a, a mental note of like, okay, I need to check this guy out because John Lee's has been writing for Comic Stripe, but he's also written for AWA. But you know, those are kind of still, when compared to like Image, DC, Marvel, I mean, they're still kind of on the back burner in, but oh, I yeah. think they deserve to be more in the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully they get there, but. But I kind of kept it in the back of my head that I need to to read this. But then you did an article for Horror Geek Life about Mm -hmm. horror comics. You really wanted to do this article. I wanted you to do this article. (laughs) And so you wrote about horror comics. And again, you wrote about John Lee's. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay. so I started reading Sync. And I am not kidding when that was one of the best horror comics I have ever read, hands down the way that lees writes his characters number 1 mm-hmm. like i i cannot believe that one man can come up with so many amazing characters <laughs> I, you know across and then of course i i went into um his series hotel which was it, it's an anthology series that was great um mm-hmm. and then i've read a little bit more of his older stuff just to kind of get more you know acquainted with him but that was the one that really hooked me and so i'm glad that you introduced me to that and dig was amazing dig is one of my favorite comic characters do you want to describe him for people who don't know what Dig oh. is
1: yeah uh basically he's a vigilante that goes around and this town of sink hill there's just so many messed up factions within this city and he just does what he can to dull out his brand of justice yes. <laughs> It's the best way i can I can describe it. It basically boils down to him wanting to keep his family and his city safe by any means necessary.
0: (laughs) Yes. And he's an immigrant, and all he knows is violence to keep his family safe.
1: Yes. He's a war veteran with, with a lot of demons. And the way that he helps deal with those demons is by donning a fox mask and picking up a shovel and doing brutal, <laughs> brutal things with said shovel.
0: <laughs> yes. The one that I'm gonna mention, this is my second to last, and this is my last movie. That kind of goes along with Hellraiser, I think, but Prey on mm-hmm. Hulu. Prey was like super solid. And I didn't know how it was gonna work to have a prequel uh, set so far back. And I loved it. I love the main character. I love everything that she had to endure, how she had to, you know, really prove herself and Man, at the very end when she comes back to her tribe and she's holding that head in her hands, I loved it. But I thought that the action was really good. We got to see actual like new predator technology, Mm -hmm. which was really interesting considering this is a prequel. But yeah, I enjoyed it from, you know, from start to finish and the ending kind of left it to where is there going to be a sequel? Of course there is because it's the Predator franchise. <laughs> and it went really well. So yes, there will be. Um, I'm just curious about where they'll take it. I'm I'm curious if it will be another journey with, you know, the same tribe and the same characters, or if it's gonna take us more in the future, but still way in the past, you know, as, as it right. gets closer to that iconic first Predator film. Because that's where I could see happening. But I don't know.
1: Yeah. I was a big fan of the film as well. And yeah, I like the link to Predator 2, which (laughs) (laughs) I really like Predator
0: 2 a whole lot. Will you talk about that link for a second? Because some people actually miss that.
1: Oh, well, the pistol that they give to her at the very end is the pistol that the Predator gives to Danny Glover at the end of part two. So that was a a pretty awesome little tie-in. But that also would mean that the Predators get the pistol back. So <laughs> uh, uh,
0: let's, it, we'll about this one too be <laughs> <Right. Yeah>. interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. But yeah, you know, there was some little, there was some very obvious <laughs> nods uh, yes. and references and direct quotes. But then mm-hmm. there was also some subtle ones, but Overall, it was super effective, I thought, and just a really fun action flick. And it fit really well within the franchise.
1: It really did. I hope that the franchise continues on a strong path like this one started. Uh, The next thing on my list is actually a record that I just received uh, last week. So it's super, super new. And that is a split 10 inch between brand new band co-defendants with another band called Get Dead. And it's from Fat Records. And there's been rumblings and little teasers. And I've been waiting for an actual release from them for a few months now. And Codefendants is Chesky Ramos, who I know you're a big fan of.
0: Very familiar. <laughs>
1: yes sam the singer from get dead and fat mike from no is also a member i can't really describe the music
0: when people ask me to describe chesky i can't it's right, hard right it's like right. everything
1: <laughs> yes and yeah, this is, yeah. This is, this is exactly the same. It's, it's such a mixture of genres. It's just fresh, and doesn't really sound like anything else you're going to listen to. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've just been super excited to, to get an actual physical release from them, and it did not disappoint in any way. I'm super excited to get a full-length release from them, hopefully sooner than later.
0: I met chesky years ago uh through my good friend randy greenback who was the director on friday 13th the game who's now working on killer clowns the game we'll have him mm-hmm. on the podcast at some point i'm sure i'll bug him to get on here to talk about killer clowns because there's Yeah, that'll cool, be awesome yeah there's some really cool and you're actually wearing a killer clowns uh shirt right now <laughs> <laughs> But he and Chesky have been really good friends for years. And so uh, I was down in Austin and Randy was there and Chesky was playing. That was my first time meeting Chesky. And oh my God, he just blew me away. Like his live performances are Mm -hmm. are just amazing. There's all you know, even like being very intimate um, because Mm -hmm. then he didn't really have this massive (laughs) crowd. And so now seeing him play with Fat Mike, uh, I mean... (laughs) you you know me, you know, I, I mean, Pink Buzz, we've been doing music episodes.
1: Yeah.
0: I talk about fat records every single music episode (laughs) and I will continue to do so because I'm an old school fat records girl. Like it's just, my (laughs) my stuff is what got me into punk. It's just, you know, very much a foundation for, for my life when it comes to music. And so to see Chesky team up with fat records, I could cry. (laughs) It's just so amazing. Yeah. So my last one is a comic finally, (laughs) I have to mention Night of the Ghoul by Scott Snyder. So the story is about a father and son who go meet an old filmmaker who is now pretty much like in in a hospice type place. And as they meet him, he has an unfinished film and it cuts back to the film as they talk about it. And it just feels like you're watching a movie as you're reading a comic.
1: It really does.
0: It does. It feels straight from like universal, you know, monster flicks. Yeah, the art is just amazing. But then the story also backs that up as well. And if you have Comixology Unlimited, you could read that for free. And now it's coming out on physical, which I believe you're reading it now, right? Because it's coming out on physical finally?
1: Yes. It's three issues long, the physical ones. And they're all out. Like it's You can get all three now.
0: And it's Dark Horse, right?
1: Yeah, Dark Horse. Like you said, it's, it's very, very cinematic as you read it. And that just attests to Francesco Francovia's art. It's very universal, monster-esque. And he's a big horror fan himself. Mm-hmm. He kind of specializes in that subject with his art quite a bit. And it shows. And there's not, not an artist that'll ever give you that feeling that his art does. It's just, he's one of my favorite artists for sure.
0: I had to mention that one, like I said, Comicsology, get it for free if you have unlimited, um, but now the three issues are out with Dark Horse, so check that one out. That's it for my list, and what are you gonna leave us with? What's the end here?
1: I'm also ending on a comic note, and that is going to be Swamp Thing, Green Hell.
0: How did I not add this one?
1: <laughs> what was
0: I thinking?
1: <laughs>
0: okay, good, I'm, I'm glad it's on your list.
1: I know why because you forgot about it like everyone did because it's been on hiatus. As far as as Swamp Thing stories go, when it comes to the newer stuff they've done with him, this is one of the best stories that I've read, even though we've only got one issue, that, that you want to know where it's going, what's coming up next. And then I'm sure it was a twist to a lot of people, but as a Constantine major fanboy, I kind of guessed how the first issue was going to end and Constantine showing up was just the icing on the cake.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it's written by Jeff Lemire, and he's very hit or miss with me. A lot of people that hear that, I'm going to get backlash for. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, I'm not the biggest Lemire fan, to be honest, but he, some of his stories are very, very great. But what really sold it for me was Doug Monkey's art. The art is amazing. And the story is also just on par with the art. I'm so happy it's coming back to finish.
0: But yeah, it is a wonderful book. And um, that's actually what prompted me to start reading Constantine <laughs> because he does show up at the end. And of course, you know, everybody knows John Constantine, but. I actually, after reading the comics, I've read, I don't know, like 250 out of the 480 so far. (laughs) Um, I feel like people don't really know Constantine as well as they think they do.
1: The way they've portrayed him in in the TV show, uh, in the animated films, is not really his character. He is not a good person.
0: No. (laughs) awful he's the worst
1: he's a complete bastard he is um, very much and, so. and that's the point of his stories almost every time and he isn't this like wizard magician like they portray him to be in the animated films like he's shooting right. spells and all this no. <laughs> crap like i would hated that so no. much he's not that character by any means
0: because I know you're a big fan, and I remember when I first started reading it, I had asked you, why is he so bad at what he does? And I, I was like, <laughs> he's awful at this. Like, everyone dies around him, mm-hmm. number one. Like, everyone dies around him. Yeah. He watches really horrible things happen to good people.
1: And that's, that's just who he is. And I think that a lot of the other media portrayals have, have really gotten that aspect of him wrong.
0: Well, with Green Hell, what I'm really curious about when it comes back is now that I know Constantine's character a lot more, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, good, bad, and ugly, you know, this book for anyone who's familiar with this book is about the very last year of the human race mm-hmm. is stuck on a mountaintop and the red and the green are fighting and humans are kind of stuck in the middle. So there's a whole lot of things, but like humanity is pretty much getting threatened, you know, to, to get wiped off the face of the planet. And then there's John, who's like this cranky old man living in the lighthouse nearby, (laughs) who has (laughs) like ghost stories said about him. And so I'm really curious about what they will do with his character within this book.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I think they're going the right direction with his character in this book, because before they reveal who it is, they talk about, you do not want this person involved. That kind of gave it away for me because, yep, that's that's who that character is. You don't want him anywhere near you.
0: <laughs> you know, and then, of course, what's he been doing this whole time? He's very familiar with the green and the red, and, oh, and what yeah. has he been doing this whole time? He's just been letting everybody die, which is not yes. shocking, <laughs> while yeah, he sits there with his cigarettes. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, good. I'm I'm glad that uh that you added that one, and like you said, I kind of let it slip off my radar because I haven't read it in so long. But I'm excited for it to come back next year. So same. Okay. Well, that's it. Uh, This was a really fun episode, and I'm glad that we got to talk about so many different um, things across the board, because we've missed a lot (laughs) on our little hiatus. We needed to catch up.
1: (laughs) Very much so.
0: Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us on this episode of the Horror Geek Podcast. Please be sure to follow or subscribe if you've enjoyed the show, and you can connect with us on social media at Horror Geek Life, and I'm at Horror Geek Mel on Instagram. Until next week.